I still need to watch all of this show in order. There is a mixture of sadness, but at the same time, there's a mixture of a little bit of humor, which you can definitely expect in this series. Every character has multiple dimensions, really. Obviously, it's a scripted show, but they don't feel scripted. They feel real. They feel genuine. If kids find value in things, I think there is value in them, because it is art in its own way, and it is very important. Whatever it is, just own it. You know, love what you do and do what you love. If it's cool to you, then, you know, who cares about what the others say? Hello and welcome to We're In Between, a podcast that discusses the entirety of As Told by Ginger once a week. Last week we talked about Cry Wolf, which was episode 8. This week we're going to be talking about The Right Stuff, that's episode 9. In this one we have Macy and Courtney entering a high school level French class, which then ends up becoming an opportunity for them to have a pool party at Macy's place, uh, kind of unwillingly volunteered. And we get this whole plot with these two high school girls who are planning to pull the string on the top half of Courtney's bikini, letting them know that she stuffs, which is fascinating, but we'll we'll get there. <laughs> and then we also have the side plot with Carl and Hoodsy trying to get Albert Einstein DNA for their school science fair project. So yeah, it's very interesting, this particular episode, because we've seen Courtney paired up with various people. We've seen Courtney with Ginger, we've seen Courtney with Miranda, and also with Courtney with Dodie in the episode of Lice and Friends, so we've never had a Courtney and Macy episode. So yeah, we have that kind of little interesting dynamic. Yeah, I would assume we get pretty much every possible pairing of the five of them by the end of the show, but this is probably the least expected one for me. Yeah, uh, they're very different people too and so it's kind of interesting to see them together and unexpected in a way but it's you know definitely I like that we get to see that sort of a pairing that's not what you'd expect normally yeah definitely so the episode begins with Ginger Dodie and Macy standing right by the lucky high school and Dodie is really excited about it because she thinks it's like the next big step towards adulthood but Ginger doesn't really see that much of a big deal of it in reality it's Macy and Courtney who are going to be taking an advanced French class and Macy is like really really nervous about it and Courtney is acting really stereotypical snooty French uh, you know saying you know French words, and she's, you know, really, really confident about going to a high school French class. She thinks, like, this is, like, the next step up towards being a high school student. Yeah, they all have so much to prove, too, because Courtney, as she quickly explains to the other high schoolers that are in class with them, she goes, we happen to be advanced (laughs) preteens, which, what a statement. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because there's the the two... I guess mean girls, the popular girls. It's the plastics. <laughs> yeah, they totally are. Oh, and you know what the advanced preteens reminds me of? I think it's a SpongeBob quote where he goes, This isn't regular darkness. This is advanced darkness. Yes. I think that's. My gut is telling me that it's the rock bottom episode, but I could be wrong on that. Yes, Might it is be. the rock bottom episode. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and you know, I really hate these stereotypical 
teenagers who think that, oh, well, just because you're a grade lower than them, they think that they're the higher ups. It's the same thing with Wolfgang from Hey Arnold, in which he's a fifth grader. He's going to push around the fourth graders. He's like, come on, you're a year older than them. What's the big deal? I mean, not to age myself, I'm at least almost 10 years older than Casey and Ashley. And I'm like, oh, you shouldn't be liking these Nicktoons because you didn't, you know, you didn't grow up that I didn't, blah, 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 blah. It's like, shut up. <laughs> but then when you're a kid, that uh, that age relative relativism is so real. Like you always think the kids a year older than you know so much more than you. And it's just not true. Yeah, I remember thinking like, oh man, once I get to high school, I'm going to be so put together. I'm going to know what life is. <laughs> and now I'm here graduating college and I'm like, yeah, when I get to like, I don't know when I'll figure out what's happening because certainly isn't 22. I can tell you that. <laughs> Certainly isn't 30 either. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so they're having their whole thing. And Macy, not really thinking about it, um, they're talking about like, oh, pool parties are really cool. And Macy's like, oh, we couldn't have one at my place. My parents are almost always out of town. There'd be no supervision. Which, of course, to the high school kids, it's like basically saying, I would love to have a party there. No parents will be there, which is if anything, a plus to them. Yeah, part of me has been thinking about this since we interviewed Aspen, and she talked about how much they all laughed listening to Jackie Harris Greenberg. Her voice for Macy is so funny. And one thing I sort of have been picking up lately is that Macy is genuinely funny. She's so clever. Like, you don't expect her to be because she's supposed to be this, like, nerd character, but she's the wittiest of all of them. She's the smartest, for sure, but she also just is so, like, she has this way with language and with comedy that I think is just so brilliant, and it's so underappreciated by the other characters in the show. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you think about Macy, I mean, Macy could have easily been like the stereotypical nerdy character, like the genius or the the sick, you know, kid that we all knew about who takes like inhalers and stuff like that. But no, there's actually more to Macy than just being that. She's actually a really well-rounded character and she does you know, improve a lot more over the series. And you know, starting off with Macy, you know, you it's really nice to have a Macy-centric episode in which she's put into, like, this really tough situation that she doesn't know how to deal with it. And, you know, this uh, is apparent in this scene in which when Macy goes over to the bathroom, she hears Andrea and Chantal, the high school girls, talking about how much they think that Courtney is such a snobby person who's constantly flipping her hair back and forth. And she's flirting with Will, who's Darren's brother, who we were introduced to in Dare I Darren. And um, then they think about the idea about let's de-bikini her in front of the whole class to show her what she's made of or not made of. Similar to Dare I Darren, we have another suggestive topic, de-bikiniing a girl. This is so messed up, man. Like, this is just so uncalled for. This is such a stupid thing that happens. Just the whole idea of, like, all of this and, like, stuffing and all of that, and that sort of pressure makes me upset that it is a thing. And I think that pressure is definitely real at that age, too, especially because, you know, there's some girls that start wearing bras earlier than others, and there's, like, all that whole hubbub and mess that is, but they are uncalled for. That is just unnecessary. I think we should let me monologue about this for, like, five minutes, because I clearly have the most relevant experience to this topic. Uh, no. um, as disturbing as it kind of is, it also, like, almost made me emotional thinking about, like, 
how many girls grew from this show and had a, a, a piece of media that was helping them deal with some of these things that, frankly, most shows and parents and adults just pretty much ignore. Yeah, I mean, think about it. I have even talked about this in my video, my 42-minute long video, I know, shame on me, about why As Told by Ginger was a groundbreaking yet overlooked Nicktoon. And that was a topic that I did discuss about that. It was a show that was focusing on teenagers, and it was more dramatic. Think about a Nicktoon that came out from 1991 up until that point. They were all comedic. Sure, we had, you know, Doug and Hey Arnold, and they talked about everyday life situations, but... You know, it, it focuses a lot on a balance between comedy and drama. With As Told by Ginger, it delves more into the fact that, yeah, we want to be able to tell a bigger story that focuses on what teenage girls are going through. And this came out around the same time as Caitlin's Way, which is another heavily overlooked show on Nickelodeon that pretty much nobody remembers. And it also delved with the fact that you have a teenage girl who was a delinquent and she moved from Philadelphia to Montana to live with a family that she didn't know exist. And she's struggling with trying to fit in and all that stuff. So, yeah, it was around that time in which when Nickelodeon was starting to experiment with trying to break in for an older audience. And um, a lot of the times it just didn't work. I mean, you know, granted, for example, As Told by Ginger was overlooked for the longest time and Caitlin's Way is still pretty obscure. So looking back on shows like this, it gives you a massive appreciation that we actually had something like it. And just think about and we are focus on FNN is obviously Nicktoons. And besides Wild Thornberries and Ginger of this era, they're all male dominated shows. You know, even the shows that sort of have a uh, different gender balance, like Rugrats, the protagonist is always male without fail. So I think it's interesting that this show, and I wonder how much of that, frankly, had to do with the show not being as much of a success. If it had been about middle school boys, would it have ran for, would it still be running? I'm not sure. Mm, I don't know. I mean, that's actually a pretty interesting point. I mean, would we be talking about what boys would be going through like maybe a guy's going through puberty or maybe a guy is you know is going on a panty raid or something right yeah it would obviously be a very different show but i wonder if it had been about middle school boys what how it would have been received yeah i mean i doubt i i think that with middle school boys I think that they would have really cranked up the humor. Yeah, I, I think that that would have been a really interesting thing had it been about a boy. But yeah, right. um, going into Carl's and Hoodsy's plot. So there's <laughs> a science fair coming up and they found a magazine in a garbage can when they were kicked out of the of the bus because they said something mean about their the, the bus lady. And they found an, uh, a catalog that contains Albert Einstein DNA for $37. You know, for one of the most influential scientists of all time, uh, Albert Einstein's DNA for $37 is relatively cheap. I mean, think about it. Um, a few years ago, somebody so sold Justin Bieber's lock of hair for over $40,000. So what makes you think that Albert Einstein's wouldn't be a little bit more expensive? Yeah, and also, I mean, with the preservation of that and all of the things that go into keeping the DNA and being able to even be sure that it is his... I would imagine $37 seems relatively cheap to me, too. I mean, and if you know anything, like, um, I sometimes, I do, like, research in a lab, and I can tell you that there's, like, proteins that we get that are, like, $300 for less than, like, a milliliter of them. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. 
And also, it's clearly just not Albert Einstein's DNA, right? Can we just say that out in the open? Because <laughs> there's just no way. Right. It must not be. Maybe it is Albert Einstein. Maybe it's Albert Einstein from Milwaukee. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Ugh. And honestly, though, even if it is, is that really an impressive project? Like, hey, look, this is his DNA. And then, like, so? Like, it doesn't mean anything, right? Like, exactly. It doesn't mean a thing. I know that the whole pr- the, the, the theme is what makes a genius. And just having DNA, it's like, what are you going to say about it? Just because a, a person has certain DNA that makes them special. It's kind of like when I, I think it was like, um, there was an experiment about uh, of the scientists who think that, you know, if he's able to get a professor's brain and he puts it into another body, would that make him smarter? It's like, no, the brain is the same. The point is, is that some people are born with learning certain abilities, uh, uh, you know, more than others. You know, some people have more intellect with art. Some people have more intellect with science. Some people have more intellect with math. And with um, a whole bunch of things. So, um, yeah, it doesn't really matter about DNA or, you know, brains or anything like that. It's just with with Albert Einstein, he was, I mean, if you know about Albert Einstein, especially uh, since there's a a more, uh, there's a recent miniseries of Albert Einstein that just came out, if you're interested in checking that out. But yeah, Albert Einstein, he he wasn't a good learner. He, He just didn't really do well in school. And he was basically told that he was just basically a failure who will never do anything good in the world. And, you know, later on, he realized his full potential. He went into the world of science and, you know, look where it came out of it. You know, the study of relativity and the atomic bomb, make of that what you will. But yeah, um, it doesn't really matter if you present anybody's DNA. It's just that if you know about Einstein and you can do a hypothesis on it, sure. But just having DNA is nothing. Right. I also, really, really quick, I want to just make a quick comment back to our favorite character, Brandon, for like two seconds. When they announce the topic, Brandon goes like, can a monkey be a genius? Because my brother's monkey can use the microwave. And I was like, Brandon, could you stop? Oh, but then remember what the teacher said? She's like, can he make some sort of dish in it? I forget what she said. And no. And she goes, well, then he's not much of a genius, is he? <laughs> I love this teacher. She reminds me of that the only good character in Rugrats preschool days, <laughs> the secretary. <laughs> oh, secretary. no. That secretary was pretty high qual. She's hysterical, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, moving forward, they they end up deciding instead to kind of do a comparison of people's DNA and whatnot. But their their side plot, I feel like, was pretty irrelevant overall in this one. Like, even as far as their side plots go. Um, but we do go back to their sort of Macy's dilemma, and she's trying to decide whether or not to tell Courtney about the whole de-bikiniing thing. And Ginger tries to call up Courtney, and she's like, hey, I heard One Pieces are really in this year. And Courtney's like, oh, you must have heard that from Dodie. And of course, Dodie gets all upset, but... Um, <laughs> and then immediately gets over it once there's a piece of drama. That scene was so funny. And then, in the midst of all this, Maisie is sort of stressing out, and she goes, to think I could have been making Lazy Susans in Woodshop. <laughs> I love that line. I love Macy. I love Macy, too. She's becoming one of my favorite characters in the show, which I know is hypocritical, because Lois and Hoodsy were both in my top five, but... 
but well that's okay because you know at the time that you guys did that list we only did like only you did like what like only two episodes on macy come back little seal girl and um uh i don't know i think you did maybe another episode maybe i i I wasn't there so maybe so it was like maybe one or two episodes we did a few other gingers but none really that centered around macy right um, oh, can we talk about when Ginger calls Courtney's room and Miranda picks up and says, Courtney Grippling's room, Miranda speaking. Like, I, I feel like I have to bring up and, like, rag on Miranda every week, but man, she's frustrating. Now they're in a bit of a predicament because they try to convince Courtney to wear a one-piece so that she doesn't get de-bikinied, but she's gonna go for it anyway because, you know, polka dot bikinis are the thing in Paris. So now we finally cut into the pool party, and we have the girl showing up asking where Courtney is, and she's not there yet, and then we have Darren coming in, and, you know, he's agreeing to help out Ginger and the girls with the, the predicament with Courtney, and then Will comes in b- pestering Darren and, d- you know, Will gets pretty angry when he call- when Darren calls him by his real name and he throws him into the pool. And then we finally cut into when Courtney shows up and she's flirting with Will because why not? And then they start uh, playing chicken uh, in the pool. And, oh, um, this is one of my favorite scenes ever. So when um, so when Macy grabs more um, appetizers and refreshments, she sees these two high school students kissing. And then she's like, oh, shame on you. Your mother teaches Sunday school. <laughs> yeah, that scene is great. We also get confirmation that Courtney is indeed a woo girl. <laughs> because Ginger pulls her aside and goes... Uh, you know, maybe, maybe we don't want to play chicken. Maybe we want to, you know, she's sort of trying to find a way to prevent what's about to happen from happening. And Courtney goes, oh, Ginger, I, I, I knew Miranda would do this, but not you. Like, don't get jealous. She goes, now let's go play chicken and lets out just go, woo! (laughs) She walks back to the pool and it's like, you know what? That makes sense. I feel like you, you yourself are a self-proclaimed woo girl. Are you not, Casey? I am. That's true. So Courtney and I are akin in that. Sorry, I have one more quote before it becomes ir- irrelevant. Um, my favorite Macy quote of the whole episode. When they're back to when they're on the phone with Courtney. Ginger's on the phone with Courtney, with Macy and Dodie listening in, and uh, uh, they're talking about the bikini again. And Courtney says, "I wouldn't be seen without one." And Macy just kind of offhandedly says, "Wanna bet?" <laughs> Such a zinger. Such an amazing one-liner there. I feel like that is one of the reasons I love her humor so much, too, is kind of how offhandedly it is. Like, it's not thrown-in-your-face kind of humor. It's more off-to-the-side, casual. But basically what ends up happening is they're playing chicken. The girls, Ginger and them, are all getting prepped for what's about to happen. The girl unties uh, Courtney's bikini, and they are all, like, prepped for it. Macy throws... Like, a, one of those inflatable inner tubes that's like a... I don't even know what kind of animal that's supposed to be. I think it's a duck. One, something like that. It's like a duck. Of course Macy is using one at this cool party. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and also she has, like, those, like, um, you know, those nostril blocking... Yeah, the, like, nose plug thing, yeah. Thing, yeah, yeah, nose plug things, and she has... <laughs> I didn't those, notice that. That's yeah, she funny. has the nose plug things, and she has the goggles... Very Macy. They basically keep Courtney covered up. Fish the bikini and the bubble wrap, which is what she was using to stuff. Fish it out of the pool. 
and make it so that, you know, it's not a whole conundrum, but it's a little worrisome for a bit, and that's basically that, and Courtney makes a comment, she's like, I guess I see who my real friends are, and Dodie, of course, gets really excited, saying, oh, she thinks we're her real friends, because Dodie's obsessed with all of the popularity, as always. So the episode concludes with the science fair, and Mrs. Gordon is looking at all the samples from the high school students, and they are trying to state their hypothesis about that, you know, these bodily functions are comparative to Albert Einstein's DNA. But then Blake comes along and says, you know, sorry, Foutley, um, you know, tough luck on you. Mrs. Gordon, can you please take a look at my Albert Einstein DNA? So... We didn't mention this at all because it doesn't really matter for this plot, but earlier in the episode, you know, they're trying to save up money for the Albert Einstein DNA and Hoodsy is completely hungry for because they have to skip lunch. So we have Blake coming in and he's eating his steak and potatoes and he says, are you not eating? Oh, I guess is this your party or science project? And then Hoodsy basically blabs out the fact that they're going to talk. They're going to do the Albert Einstein DNA as their science project. And, you know, and when Carl finds out that there wasn't any more when they order it, Hoodsy never brings up the fact that, oh, I must have told Blake about, I told Blake this by accident. Maybe he was the one who did it. So, yeah, this is absolutely has no relevance whatsoever. It's just a, you know, quirky Carl and Hoodsy side plot. Definitely not one of my favorites and not one out of the ordinary, but yeah. So Blake is disqualified from the science fair and the boys don't have to go to summer school and that's pretty much it. What I do like about the side plot is the sort of adult side we see of Carl that's always hysterical, how well he performs the whole adult thing. Like, when he's on the phone with the catalog people and he was like, I just, I loved, you know, I, I just adored your catalog. Anyway, to business. And, like, <laughs> he's just so bizarre. I also want to throw out a quick, quick line from the teacher. She says, like, science is a study, one which must be experienced and proven. And as the science human being who I am, I felt that spoke to my soul. I love science, and I love that woman. <laughs> so. Yeah, she's incredible. Oh, and you guys know how much I love titles, and I love the title of this episode, because I feel like it has sort of a double meaning. There's uh, the right stuff with Courtney, you know, stuffing, obviously, and then there's Carl's obsession with getting the, like, right stuff, the sort of DNA, the DNA sample. I know I'm taking a loose interpretation of the word, but when he ends up using, like, earwax and that kind of thing, I feel like it, it runs parallel. Which is uh, really clever, by the way. Yeah, definitely. I think this sums up all of our thoughts. Are we good to move to our yay or nays on this episode? Yep. I, I think so. All right, I'll start it off. I give this one a yay. I enjoyed it. I think it covers an interesting topic. I like, again, seeing that sort of Macy-Courtney dynamic for once. I like delving into that a bit more. So overall, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a yay. Um, as for me, I'll give it a slight yay as well. I it, leaning a little bit towards the meh because of Carl and Hoodsy's side plot, but the the Courtney and Macy plot really um, makes up for it. It's really entertaining. You know, it's a dynamic that we don't really see very often, and it's pretty entertaining, I have to say. And Macy has some great one-liners, and yeah, she's like one of the best things about this episode. And Courtney with her over the top, trying to act cool because she's in a French class with high school students. So yeah, I, I give it a yay, but lean towards the meh because of uh, Carl and Hoodsy's plot. Yeah, Patricia, you pretty much summed it up for me. I give it a pretty uh, lukewarm yay. I think anything that focuses on Macy, I'm going to have to give a yay, but the B plot does drag it down just a little bit for me. So 
Um, overall, enjoyed this episode. All right, well, thank you guys so much for your comments on the YouTube channel, on our Twitter, and, of course, on our forum, whereinbetween.freeforums.net. We're really enjoying the feedback with you guys, and we love seeing how many of you are watching along with us. So that's something we weren't sure if it was going to actually happen or not, and it looks like it's happening, so thank you. Um, yeah, you can find us, the Friday Night Nicktoons podcast at FNN underscore podcast. And, uh, yeah, that's about it for me. Yeah, and uh, you can find me on Twitter at Patty underscore B underscore Miranda. So, yes, uh, thank you so much for listening, and um, we'll see you again next week. Hey!